Hello, this is a Jayla Shark and Friends and Russell mm, and Russell podcast. And on today's show, we're talking to Dream Hotel GM and ex-professional MMA fighter Chris McDonald. Originally from Northern Ireland, Chris's journey to Phuket has taken him from Bangor to the good old US of A and then Jamaica before arriving to manage the stunning Dream Hotel and Dream Beach Club. Chris is one of the nicest people we know and in this podcast, both myself and Russell can barely get a word in. True, very true. It's all about the bad man. I like Chris, super, super cool fella. This is a good one. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> so, engineering's high on your list of qualities. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Money. Chris McDonald, legend, guru, farm owner. Have we started? Yeah, we started. Have we started? Yeah. We yeah. started. Yeah. Keep going. Well, we'll cut out the bit about you not knowing what order of the months are. I don't know a farm, though. Don't want what? what? I don't own a farm. You don't? Oh. No. I thought Chris McDonald had I a farm. I just used to sleep there for a bit. EIO. <laughs> Until I got the Phuket. <laughs> I'm not sure we get subtitles on a podcast, can we? It's going to be quite tricky. <laughs> Drinking his green tea. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for being on our little podcast. You're my pleasure. My pleasure. You're welcome. Um, when did you get to Phuket? Seven years ago. Was it that long ago? Mm-hmm. Wow. And what was the thing that brought you here? Work. So I mean, feel free to elaborate. Yeah, you can just. Yeah. I just <laughs> want to. I want to go with one word answer. Yeah. And we'll get this done. Great to have you on the podcast. Yeah. It's no. So uh, the reason, the only reason I know I've been here seven years is because my son was conceived as soon as we got here. So uh, as a typical guy, it was uh, he's six now. Yeah. So a year out of on. So you were happy to be years. here That's when it. you arrived. When yeah. you say as you arrived, so like physically straight just out the, the plane. Airport. I was like, as soon as we man. got off the plane, I thought, let's have a let's have a baby, let's have a baby, and ruin our double packages that we've come here <laughs> for work no so we uh my wife is doing her mba in china and then we went back to jamaica and a company we we're working for was expanding into asia so they were building a hotel and beach club here and they asked for me to come out obviously as the specialist <laughs> and uh, my wife was heading up the sales and marketing department so we came out on uh yeah double work packages didn't even think we could have kids weren't even thinking about kids and we had two kids in 18 months. As you do. So, yeah. It works, mate. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Power. Very proud. <laughs> Very proud. What were you doing in China? I wasn't. My wife was doing her MBA. So I didn't want to, when I got there, I didn't want to spend my savings. So I got a job as security for Mint Nightclub in Shanghai, which is a quite high established uh, nightclub there. And first of all, I turned up there and they said, listen, you we can't give you the job you're too small <laughs> and i'm like really <laughs> i thought i hit the gym then they give me a give me a job there and i i basically worked for them was a like a security and bodyguard agency and i did uh five nights a week which is a bit tough because they they still smoke over there inside and i'm not a smoker yeah so i'd come home every you know night and gassed in a, in out a, yeah, yeah gassed out and then my wife wouldn't let me in the bed go shower before you <laughs> had to go in there yeah. so my wife was doing her mba so we t- basically took a year out for her to do that and then uh, that was it. And then to be honest, I wasn't the, the biggest fan of Shanghai, just purely because of the hours I was working. Mm. 
And at the time I was training a couple of uh, fighters to compete in India, of all places. And uh, so that was taking up my days, but it wasn't... I grew up in Bangor, Northern Ireland, by the sea. I lived in Montego Bay for 10 years by the sea. Now I'm in Phuket by the sea, so I like living on the island, you know. And uh, yeah, I worked there. I wasn't a big fan, so when I went back to Jamaica and, and the boss said, hey, you want to go to Thailand? I'm like, no, absolutely not, <laughs> absolutely not. Uh, but then it worked out and uh, we came out, we had kids, which made it easier and, you know, because obviously it's 12 hours difference, right, in Jamaica. So we'd go, to, we'd go for a couple of beers and watch the fights or watch mm -hmm. the, the football. We're here, it's on on Sunday morning, yeah, yeah. which didn't really suit me. But yeah. then when we had the kids, yeah. it worked out that way, yeah, right? So that was it, yeah. So let's take it back then. So originally from... Bangor, Northern Bangor, Ireland. Northern Ireland. Um, Are you not going to do the joke? Which bit? Which one? I've got Did a list. you? Okay. Bangor, Northern Ireland. Surely the joke is, did you? No, no, not the way. So my mum moved from Belfast. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, whoa, whoa. Don't be bringing up mothers. But my mum moved from Belfast to Bangor. And as soon as she moved from there, her accents changed from a Belfast accent. <laughs> oh, yes, I live in Bangor. <laughs> we live by the sea. Oh, that was it. So it's Bangor, according <laughs> to her. So she wouldn't get your joke. Okay. <laughs> I don't mean most people, that. Most no, people it. don't. No, no, yeah. no. But that's where you born so and born, brought born, up. Born yeah, 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 yeah. How old are you, if I may ask? 43. Okay. I know we got a lot younger, but you do look two a lot, kids. Lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a hard paper round, I guess. All yeah, up I did. Yeah, well, yeah. it's Northern Ireland banger. Yeah, that was a tough time, right? <laughs> um, joking aside, growing up in Northern Ireland. Joking aside joking on this podcast. Joking aside on this podcast. Does that exist? No. <laughs> what was it like growing up in Northern Ireland at that time? Fun. As a kid, you don't really get it. Like I never it noticed. Like, I take my kids back now, and it's freezing cold. I'm like, I wonder if they and they don't really notice it. You know, it's like. We used to do all the things, go looking for tadpoles out on the rocks, all this stuff, play football outside, and it was brilliant back then. They were, they've basically built over everything now. So the houses and all that stuff, it's just ridiculous. Whereas a kid, you had your BMX tracks, you had yeah, your football, yeah. you had all this stuff. And the UK was great, you know, and uh, I never missed a beat until I, went to, until I left and went to America. And how how old were you when you left? I left at, so I, I, finished, my, I finished college, uh, two year. Uh, you went to school? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Can't remember it, but uh, I got the student loan to prove it. Though. Yeah. So I went there, for the, did a diploma for two years, and thought I might take a year out. So I took a year out working for what used to be Tesco's crazy prices at the time, <laughs> stacking shelves. And my mum said, "Listen, you're a bum. I'm sending you to America on an internship." And I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and she sent me off to America for a year, where I met my wife when I was 21, and that was it. Far out. Let, and then Bangor didn't seem that good anymore yeah, when you're living just, in just Florida. Just before we get to that bit though, so the first 20 years of your life in, in Northern, Northern Ireland, Ireland yeah. ju just there, you didn't sort of travel much around or? No, my father, my father worked for, uh, did real, own, opened his own business when he was 18 for a dry cleaners and in the 80s. Sorry, made for a drag queen? Dry, yeah, dry, dry queen. That's why I was used to coming when I got here. Dad's done it, brilliant. I went down to Bangor Road, oh there's dad, and I realised it wasn't him. A dry cleaner. Dry cleaners. Okay, there you go. Uh, and he did really well in the 80s. So we used to go away on holiday twice a year, three times a year, whether it's Lanzarote or whatever. And then, okay. or else up to Port Stewart, yeah. where we drive an hour up to Port Stewart. And that's when the weather was good and, you know, we're actually well, good. And we actually had a summer, you yeah. know, like that type <laughs> so of before, thing. Before climate yeah. change. Yeah. Before yeah. climate yeah. change, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was great upbringing. And like I said, we go to Grand Canaria, Tenerife uh, every year, like twice a year. Sweet. Doing well. Were you, I was my, I was we'll get into obviously your 
your performance art, which is of fighting, in more detail. Don't mm. look at me like that. I'm just trying to make it well, sound... Well, I'd like, like to think general manager of a hotel is a bit of an art, but, but if you, no, you want to go... No, to be fair. Thank you so yeah, much, yeah. Russell. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> That's all right. This is good cop, bad yeah, yeah. cop, right? This is what's <laughs> happening here. Right? Damn it. When did you start boxing? I didn't really... So... Uh, you know, growing up, I mean, growing up in Northern Ireland, you're in everyone, every kid's like, who's the toughest in your class mm. and all this stuff. But uh, a good friend of mine, Mark Reed, his father used to box for the police. So he took us a couple of times, me and Mark, and we just put on the gloves and started messing about from there. And then a lot of my mates, as I went to 18, 19, and then when I came back to Ireland from America and Jamaica, a lot of my mates were boxers. So uh, I started doing some work with them and a good friend of mine, coach Colin Blair, came out to help me in Jamaica and I, I just loved, loved the boxing but when I started the MMA career, I'd work with him a bit more. So you didn't do boxing in America? No, no, no. What, I did what, I drinking, there... drinking. <laughs> yeah. So but what was the internship? It was five beers for five bucks. Exactly. So nothing what, much else you could do. What was the internship? Well, no, what was the idea that your mum had when she sent you off to it the was States? A, it was a, so it's, it was a, what do you call it? Uh, it was a tourism and hospitality. So after when I finished that, I came back and did my degree. But it was a tourism and hospitality uh, internship. So we worked at a big timeshare resort. Uh, we okay. ran activities there yeah. and there was different things. And uh, we even hosted a, I hosted a casino night there <laughs> where all the people would come in and play fake poker and we'd have to entertain them for two hours and stuff like that there. Where is that? Uh, Florida, Orlando. Okay. And we worked for West, was, Westgate, Westgate Lakes, all David Siegel's properties, all timeshare that made a mint back mm. in the day, you know? Uh, so yeah, but then, but then one of the, so we do activities all day and one of them was basketball. So I just swapped that out and basically play basketball <laughs> all day. And then uh, met a good friend from down South Ireland and he was my drinking partner. So for the first internship, we didn't really remember much of it. They, but it was, yeah, that's uh, how it yeah. works. And my so mum sent, sent me with money for the year I'm supposed to be there and that <laughs> ran out in yeah. three weeks. So it was uh, just a chunk of money. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, a chunk yeah, of money yeah. gone. Oh, that last, yeah, no yeah. worries at all. Yeah, yeah. And we had to live off, uh, we had to live off they were only paying us 150 US dollars every two weeks. So I had them, so my mum's like, no, you're not getting any more money. You gotta live off, you gotta live off that. Which was, you think would be that difficult, but it was all right. You put some frozen when chips in to, the, yeah. the, the oven and you're good to go, you know? When you have to, you have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then you met your wife. Was she working at the resorts with you? Yes, she, uh, same, uh, Westgate Villas. And uh, yeah, so that was, that was really it. It wasn't really love at first sight. I was in, I was in trouble with the, 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 the thing, and she was very, <laughs> no, the police, no. She, I was in trouble with the, uh, the supervisor at the time, which was just an offset because usually I'm getting promoted and I ended up in trouble with this one. So, uh, but she was there and she says, oh, who's the troublemaker? I said, I'm not a troublemaker. And I started from there and uh, that was it. We got together, I was 21, turning 22, she was 19. Been together 22 years now. Wow. Far out. And she's... Well, you would think that, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you would think that. She's obviously from Jamaica. So when yeah. did you then go to Jamaica? Nearly straight. So I, I left my internship after nine months. I didn't want to stay for the full year. Uh, basically because 150 bucks was hard to live off. I thought, I want to get home. I miss my friends. But in America, you lived with 200 people, all in, in all interns. So it was yeah. a full, full, not a party scene, but you had a lot of good people there, a lot yeah, of, yeah. all from different countries. Then you get back home to Ireland and your phone and doors only knocking at the weekend, yeah. you know, so it was quite depressing. And then obviously I was, I fell in love with my wife and I thought, this is, cr and she went back to finish her degree in Jamaica. So literally after three months back there, 
my mother says, you're really unhappy, so she sent me there. I'm like, Mom, I'm getting the impression you don't want me. <laughs> Are you going to do this younger? But uh, so I ended up then in Jamaica, got picked up to the airport. And by the police or by her? <laughs> by, by her auntie, okay. so you would right. say the police. Yeah. And uh, she took us to get to her place. We had to go through a few ghettos. And I'm like, uh, do you live here? Do you live, <laughs> do you live here? She goes, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, okay. Okay, when we get near your house and stuff, and I was like, yo, no love is worth this much because we're going through those areas. But then I end up, I think it was six months there, went back to save some more. And then Cario came to Ireland for three years. Well, I, I went back to do my degree, which is tourism and hospitality. And she worked in, the only job she'd get at that level was a call center at the time because of her visa. And whereabouts but was that? In Bangor. Oh, okay, Bangor. Well, Bangor. And then, she, then she, she kept getting promoted for the call center. And uh, she went back to Jamaica and got a pretty high profile job. Uh, and then they, the company that she was working for asked me to come out there and help them on the construction end of things uh, and the handover of operations was basically what I did here. So I do construction and then I do a lot of operations because my degree is in tourism and hospitality. So that's basically how I ended up here as well, okay. but that was it. What did you think of Jamaica? Loved it. Yeah? Absolutely loved it. Yeah, I mean, as you know, when I was fighting professionally, you know, the jerk chicken, their fast food is, is healthy food. Mm. And I go back there every year with the kids and I eat that, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Like, it's amazing. Uh, I had an Irish bar with really good friends that were, and another good friend from Jamaica that were sponsoring me during that process. And we were all into the Ameri any sport that was really on TV. Uh, and I just, I just loved it. Her family were great. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of haggling there. Like, hey, man, give me money, give me money. So when I go back with the kids and they're banging on the car, I'm a little wary of that sometimes. We're here. Like even my first six months here, I didn't want to be here. I'm like, I want to go back to Jamaica. Like I, I built my life there and I loved it there. Uh, and then the kids came and this became more suitable yeah, yeah. for that environment and that was it. But uh, I, abs I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I worked Just, in Antigua for three years and I loved, loved Antigua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once you get into it, it took a bit of time. That's the thing, because when people, when people like, sh when you have people come out, hey man, give me this, give me this. And then you realize there's actually a sense of humor behind it. But some people don't get that. And you have to, you have to become ingrained in the culture where you realize that they also have a sense of humor. When you start talking back to them, it was a... Uh, yeah, and it didn't it's take time. threatening yeah, I mean, yeah. I always have found it, not going down the racism route, but when I was there, I was like, I'm a what? And they called me white boy. Yeah, that was course, my yeah, name. Yeah, and yeah, I took it, you yeah. know, and you play, I was playing football and I was the only white guy playing football. Yeah. You know, and you're getting called white boy. But once you give it back to them and, you know... They're, 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 they're very, friends. yeah, but oh, 100%. But they're very honest culture. So yeah. the first time I was on the on the on my job, this guy goes, "You're a white boy." I'm like, "Well, that's not, you know, I'm a, I'm I'm a manager and you're not." I said, hey, I'm, "My name's Chris, not white boy." So they had this lady over selling juice in the corner, and she's a big girl, right? And they go, "Oi, fat girl, bring me this." And I'm like, and she got the juice, give him it. I'm like, "Hey, you'll come over." I said, "You can't, you can't call her fatty, or you can't call her that." He goes, "Why not?" She and she's is. like, and she's like, you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He she's can big call, mama he, from he, Big Mama House. He can call me fatty. And it was such an honest culture. Of, <laughs> they describe you exactly how you look. And I was like, if I could call anyone in Ireland fat <laughs> woman, they would kill you, you know? <laughs> and also, if that lovely lady who yeah. was serving the juice didn't like it, she would slap the oh, shit out yeah, of Yeah, yeah, 100%. Percent. But, but, even, but just the honesty, we had a dwarf. They called him tall man. They had a tall man. They called him short man. We had a really good guy, he had cancer in his knee, so he had the limp. They called him Hopalong. Sorry, they called him Cripple. I'm like, you can't call him Cripple. And then we had a Chinese contractor, and he'd come in and goes, ha ha, Jamaica Hopalong, China Hopalong. 
because he hurt his ankle. It was just, to be fair, it was, it was a comedy show from nine to five and meeting these guys from a completely different culture, growing up in, with backgrounds, you know, that aren't that privileged and just hearing them talk all day was just, it was, uh, it was a pleasure. I loved it, just absolutely loved it. So you, went, you were there after your degree, yeah. you went back there with Carol and how long were you there for in that stretch? When I went back there, I was there for eight years because okay. uh, they'd given me a job. And then when we finally were settled in the country, uh, we got engaged and got married. Uh, we stayed there working for that company for another five years after marriage. And then they brought me and then and then uh, that was that was the end of the job finished. So in all this, where did the fight career come into it? So I started. Damn you, Russell. That was my question. Ju- just he was so excited. Edit. I think Jay's got a question. Go ahead, Jay. So when did the fight career all start? <laughs> yeah. oh, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that. Probably. But I, I, uh, so I basically, I broke, just before I came to see Cario, I broke my leg playing football. So I was supposed to go back to Jamaica, but I broke three bones in my ankle. Uh, and I told my mother I'd take up something safer. <laughs> I went back in the football field, and I ended up going to Lisburn, who was a uh, Tom Amont, who was a, quite a scary character. This whole place had an order to it. And I started learning in there for like, uh, I'm sorry, I was learning there before that, but even after, like for a year or so. And then when I went to Jamaica, I thought, that's the end of that. I got to work now, knuckle down, be serious. And then uh, they were putting these fights on in Trinidad and they asked me to come down, my very first fight to be cool main event. So I had opened a gym in Jamaica called- Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so why did you go and start, because you've done boxing, and yeah. you were just boxing with your mates. But when did the MMA, did so, you? So the MMA was in Ireland. Well, after I broke my leg, I went and trained at Tom Amon's why did you want to do that? What was it that drove you? You said, do you know what? I I'm started the one. My brother got me into watching the UFC from the early days. And it wasn't the fact that I'm a, you know, I, a thug or not. I just literally, the competition level oh, of sorry. it. A thug. A thug. A thug. Oh. A thug. I thought it was the competition level was for me was so high. And then when I started training it, realizing how hard it was, you know, a lot of fighters do this stuff to discover who they are. Like, mm. I think one fight I broke three ribs and it was pretty bad, my hands and stuff, but I kept going. And I wanted to know, you know, where's, well, where's where, my end game? Would, would you quit? And I didn't. And then, and then that, was, that was really it. So I started in Ireland and thought when I got to Jamaica, this is over. And then they asked me down to Trinidad. I just put my name forward uh, and they brought me down to the, the fight a pretty good guy who turned out to be a good friend, uh, Dwayne Hines. And I fought him on my first fight down in Trinidad. In a cage? So no, this one was the first one was in a ring. Right, okay. The second one for the then they gave me a shot at the title. And this was your second fight. Second fight ever. Yeah, second fight against Caleb Edwards because the the level there at the time the Caribbean was just growing and just started with the sport. Some people call it the Caribbean, but you can call it that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. But there's there's a but there was a couple of like real like the second show like this guy got knocked out and they woke him up and asked him if they want to continue. <laughs> so they didn't fully understand. I'm like, I could die H-I-A. here. Like, <laughs> from my wife I may not be coming back from Trinidad uh, so that, that was quite but then everyone I fought everyone I fought up down there were, re- were really well educated people that just picked us up a sport that did judo all their lives you know your kids are doing jiu-jitsu and, mm. and just the what you know it's, it's like going to school you go to a good school or you go to do jiu-jitsu it, it teaches you values you know and stuff like that there so a lot of these people are oh, fighting in a cage and they're probably the nicest people you yeah. ever meet I went to an after party once in Belfast and we went, we went into the VIP room, all fighters, and the banter was great. Yeah. There was like 15 fights out in the nightclub yeah. <laughs> of people that obviously come to watch it, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, so that's how I got started. And I, I won the belt after the second fight. And then 
The third fight I defended against a pretty scary guy from Tobago who was just huge and a uh, massive guy. And then I, he broke my nose actually in the, in the, in the, in the third fight. And then uh, Jamaica decided to put on three. So I had six fights in Jamaica, which I didn't lose. And then uh, my sponsor started paying me to go over to the UK and stuff like that there. So who are you fighting for in the UK? Fighting for? Well, the different groups. No, no, my group. So I, I, I teamed, my gym was called Team Dungeon in Jamaica. Right. And uh, IBG, which is my coach, Pat McPherson in Indiana, they would come down and bring fighters down for me to spar with. And then I had friends, Chris Stringer, Ali McLean, fighting Team Cabon in, in London. And my sponsor would pay for these guys to come to Jamaica and right, get me okay. ready for the fights. Mm-hmm. Or I'd go up to Indiana which was quite a contrast. You're going from 40 yeah. degrees heat <laughs> to snow this high, and you're like, yeah, this is pretty rough, you yeah. know? Yeah. Very what, Rocky Four esque yeah, yeah. What sort of money do people get paid for this? Because obviously you're not the... No, the money... Sorry, but you're not, you know, UFC level where they get paid stupid no, amounts. But, no, you know, how, no. how far has it come down? What are you getting for a, a fight? Uh, back then, you'd be getting like 1,500 or whatever, but I, but I never really... I was making enough money at my job. Mm. I, I wasn't really doing it for that. I was doing it for... Cause I just Crack. loved to do it, but then I loved the... The, the experience, you know, like the fear of going in there and that's what keeps you sharp. Mm. I lost my last few fights because like, oh yeah, it's my turn, let's go. And I didn't feel that nervousness or fear. Right. I just thought that's oh, just another, you know, let's duke it out type of thing, you know. And, uh, and my sponsor would pay me to come over to see my family and I thought, win-win. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What one, could go one, wrong? One fight for that, you know. <laughs> it, it went very wrong. <laughs> Russell, have you ever been to a, an MMA fight? Live, no. No. It's nuts. Have you been? One, yeah, I went to one in London, um, at Ali Pali. A friend of I was working. Well, Nolan, London can be nuts. Yeah, yeah and yeah. you're right about that. In the K, I mean, the guys were just brutal. Yeah, and yeah. To, just to see it live and hear it live is unbelievable. Yeah. You're right, the crowd were the most scariest. But yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was more nervous of the crowd. And it kicked off in the crowd because two rival, you know, yeah. didn't like each other. And they were, calm down, everyone in the league. Oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. And stuff. It's the same as football. You go to a football match and you have right. your... Liverpool, Everton, and they yeah. can't sit together. Yeah. But you go to a rugby match, you can sit there. I'm in, I'm in England and Ireland, and yeah. I'm sitting there in the England section. And yeah. they, and you know, you know, and it's like you can sit there. But MMA is a lot like the the football crowd. It's the tribalistic thing. Yeah. You follow that. But no, it was an amazing experience. Yeah. An amazing. Well, experience. well, I fought Nalo on Scotland, which was you were actually in there competing, and there was fights going on in the crowd while you were competing, <laughs> and you were like. Yeah, I just need to go now. Yeah. <laughs> and even my friend who's huge, he goes, yeah, can we just get the first? I said, no, no, we'll go out for a drink. He goes, we're not no, doing no, no. that. Yeah. We're, not, we're doing not doing that. that. Yeah. This is the middle of winter in yeah. Scotland, Alwa. He's like, how'd you end up here? I'm like, I don't know. So um, uh, how many fights have you had in total? 16 pro. Okay. That's just MMA. Okay. And then uh, what, what's, your, what's your win-loss record? I had 10 wins, 6 losses. And what, what's your weight category? I was welterweight or... I was middleweight champion in, in the Caribbean. Okay. And then I was, or the Caribbean. Thank you. I just remember that. And, <laughs> yeah. then, uh, and then I was, uh, and then I fought for the ISK belt in Ireland, which I lost. Sweet. And, uh, it's, it's not sweet. It's not sweet. It's not sweet. I don't mean sweet on the loss. I mean sweet. No, yeah. it's, it's yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, but I think the best one I had, I was in the Odyssey Arena, which was the new thing in uh, Ireland, at the, uh, Belfast at the time. And uh, I opened the show, and I came up with Northern Ireland shirts on. The crowd went nuts, and I was—I thought I was pretty big underdog. Like this guy had 14 and three at the time, and uh, it was actually there was UFC fighter X Jeremy Horn headlining it, yep. and Rich Clemente fought on the show, and I was like, "Yeah, they've really screwed me over here." And you have—if you know these shows, like the bass of the music, oh, and yeah. you just know it's your turn. I'm like, it's quite daunting. 
and uh, it's on YouTube. It was actually on HBO as well, uh, and I knocked him out in 20 se 19 seconds. Yeah. What was your walking music? Showed me, he showed me the video. They, they, they actually for yeah yeah they yeah, actually yeah, give, they actually give you music for oh, so that you don't, one. You can't choose it. No, in other shows you can. I think I used to come in to Kanye West. I'm amazing, which I thought that was quite. Uh, I think that's quite apt for you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty that subtle, was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I'm amazing. I want to just. Yeah, yeah. Have you I, seen the? Sorry, the the change in MMA that started off more kind of underground, just fighting in a cage, to now it's almost got to the the level of celebrity. Not celebrity is the wrong word, but it's almost become more of a show. As in, you know, oh, almost yeah, like yeah, a wrestling yeah. show. That now yeah, they're walking, and all the build-up now yeah, almost yeah, yeah, seems yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. just—they're they're told, right? You got to do these promos. Yeah. And I was watching the other day; they've almost got the, the top ten now, and it's like just—it's almost going up a league. Yeah. Is yeah. that where it's going to? I think the bad thing about it is some of these rivalries are manufactured. Yeah. Where, like, I think when Conor McGregor was getting beat by Khabib, and he just whispered in the kids, "It's just business," and people's like, "No, it's not. You were talking about my family and stuff." Like. That was not manufactured. Yeah. Maybe on Connor's side it was, but on his side yeah, it definitely yeah. wasn't. Oops. So you, you, but you get some of these where, and then you see them shaking hands before the fight, and you're like, well, you don't really hate each other. So some of it's too much. Like they had a fighter, Colby Covington, came yeah. out, and now he's pretending like he's a Trump supporter and doing this and being very loud and obnoxious. And I guess first three fights he was never like that. And he started telling, yeah, I, I did this to start getting paid. And it still annoys me because people buy into that, you know, where. Back in the day, there was only one fight, only one big show every month, where it was Tito Ortiz, mm. Chuck Liddell, yeah, yeah. and you would sit in to watch that, and you were nervous watching it. Now there's a show every week, or two shows mm. every week, where for me, it's come, it's, it's become diluted. You still yeah. have your real fighters come along, but it's, it's a bit diluted, you know, where... Chuck Liddell was amazing, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he shouldn't have kept going. No. You seen that third fight with Tito, didn't oh, you? Oh, awful. He, he looked awful. literally 60, didn't he? But yeah. no, I grew up, I would say grew up. I was watching Chuck Liddell and it was Matt Hughes. It was all that. That's my, when I when got When he picked it. up Frank Trigg oh. and took him across. Like, you got goosebumps watching yeah. that. It was once, it was once, yeah. It was once, it was once a month. Yeah. But now it's, uh, But even Randy Couture, you'd, yeah, you'd build up to him. I've got all their books, I've got all their books. I was really, really into it. They, they were the real character, they were real fighters, they were yeah, real yeah, brawlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was lovely. And, and then, you, you didn't need to talk then. No, you didn't. You didn't need to you talk. You didn't at all. You did you talking talk. in the ring. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like Robbie Lawler was a savage and he didn't talk at all. But you just knew that this is going to be a, a war. Like him and Nick Diaz when they oh, fought, they, they were just, just they talk in the cage. You know, they're talking in the, in the but cage. But I think that's also part of it, like you mentioned earlier, um, not necessarily for you personally, but for a lot of fighters, it's I'm not doing this for the, the, the glory and the belts and the money I'm doing. It. I want to see for myself yeah, if yeah, I can yeah, do yeah, this, yeah, yeah. how far I can push myself and learn about yeah, me. It's a journey. And yeah. back in those early days with UFC, that's that's all you had because yeah. it wasn't mainstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you weren't trying to get a contract or anything. You no. were just doing it yeah. to see. And then they started the Ultimate Fighter and people started to get contracts. And, and for, the first, for the first five shows, that was cool. But then after 16 shows, like anything, it's all about ratings. You're, yeah, you're not going to watch. It's like, well, Big Brother back, Big Brother yeah, yeah, one yeah, and yeah, two, yeah, 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 yeah. and then you're on number yeah. 18. You're like, yeah, why yeah, are they still exactly? You know, but that's why you have to have these rivalries and all this, yeah, big all the, the fanfare and the bullshit that go kind of goes with it. I got questions because I'm a bit of a fan of mm. fighting. Not that I'm very good. Um, I heard you weren't. No, I wasn't. <laughs> you're right. I was. I, I did he let the other guy win. Listen, I, is that what happened? Yeah, I, I wish. I, I also did. heard that as well. I wish I'd let the the, the third year old Brazilian he, he, jiu jitsu expert kickboxer. I, I heard Jay's the biggest show outside the ring. His entrance is unbelievable, and oh, like, you yeah. pay, pay to watch just hey, the entrance. When it comes to presentation, yeah, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't. The skill didn't match up with the entrance. Feather boas, glasses. Yeah. 
selfie stick. The Ric Flair of yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was the best thing I'd ever done. And then I got my ass kicked for however many minutes it was. And Which it, wasn't the best thing. No, but it, what I enjoyed about it was because I'd never really done fighting before, ever. And so I did it. I was really scared going into the training yeah, because yeah. it's such an, it, it's an intimidating thing walking into a Muay Thai gym. Of course, yeah, yeah. Intense. And especially when you're an idiot like me, yeah, yeah. that's a bit cheeky and a bit kind of trying to make a joke because that's how I do things. And you're walking in with these guys, you can just absolutely yeah, destroy Yeah, we just me. find you annoying. We were like, okay, well, it's your you. turn now. <laughs> <laughs> it's your turn now. But it was getting knocked out for the first time was interesting. I mean, well, you got knocked out. It was that bad. In sparring, I got knocked oh, out. Oh, in sparring. In sparring, I got knocked. Yeah, I got punched by. I just, I never. And it just the ringing and the. But time. why? But how long were you training when that happened? Um, they put me sparring pretty early on. They would do sparring straight away. You can't be doing that. But it's Muay Thai, you know, it's like throwing in at the deep end. Let's beat yeah. the crap out no, of him. No, but even, but even that, even, even that, you know, if you train with people around you and stuff, like you get a lot of, like, I train at Tiger Muay Thai a lot and I love training there and I just train with my friends or the professionals that are that level, but there's some guys that come in there are just, you know, they, there's no filter. They just literally, they're there to knock you out. I'm yeah. like, yo, mate, you know, if you knock me out, you know you won't have a sparring partner the next day. You don't, you don't. I know, yeah. No, yeah. don't worry. And they're like, don't worry, there'll be someone out tomorrow as well. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, you know, you're like, yeah, like, so that shouldn't really be happening when you're just doing that, you know, and, and the gloves should be big enough or the person with you should be taking you around, realizing your skill. But you I know? also think it comes down to your sparring partner. If that person was a novice as well, then oh, you yeah. kind of just put us in together. Oh, you got knocked out by a novice. Yeah, I'm not oh. saying knocked out. I mean, so I, what are you then? Say novice. What are you then? <laughs> novice beginner? Me? I was an idiot. I was, <laughs> I was just there for the show. Yeah. All I wanted to do was a WWF just, entrance. All just I, the entrance. You know, all I cared about was the entrance, and I did the entrance. I had the live guitarist who wrote his his own song. So I had my own song written yeah. for me. Live guitarist walking around. It's so me, true, though. Yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and it's I, so true. I loved the smoke at the start, and it was great. And yeah, because Mike Swick was there. Oh. Watching, and it was first time that Facebook Live was Facebook Live, and he had it because you can only get Facebook Live if you were a celebrity or you were right, right, blue right, tick. Right. And he had it, and I remember the, looking back at the comments of everyone slagging me off. Who's the geezer with the feather bow? He's going to get his ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him, he's a dick. Uh, but no, it was horrible. I, the guy kicked the crap out of me. But I mean, I just I, the same, not the same as you, same as you. I <laughs> but it was interesting that I, I realised that I could keep getting up. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it, and it was, and I understand what you're yeah, saying yeah, about, yeah. you know, you've got to push yourself. It's like, right, okay, he's kicked me 58 times in this leg. This leg's now purple. I'm going to keep getting up. Yeah. And, and how many times yeah, can yeah, you keep getting that's up? That's what it's about, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was the ribs and the leg kicks. I mean, he just destroyed yeah. my, my so, Listen, side. you respect anyone that gets in there. And then when you realize, well, like even my first two fights were, they ended. The second one didn't. I nearly ran, ran out of cardio, but I didn't really get hit much in it. But the third fight, when he cracked me and broke my nose, I'm like, oh, this isn't fun, you know? Yeah, yeah. I was still thinking about my entrance. <laughs> Deuce, you know, you're like, what's going on here? You know, I, I came up with this song for a long time and, yeah, yeah. and this isn't fun anymore. And you felt the leather and the thing coming down your yeah. mouth and you're like, yeah, this, is, this yeah. is a... Uh, was that the first time you'd ever broken your nose? Yeah, well, here's a, here's a good story. So apparently, I, I, by accident, I broke a friend's nose in sparring. And he says, let's stop. And I had limited sparring partners back then. I said, mate, come on. I said, your, your nose isn't broke. He goes, I have, Chris. I broke it nine times through rugby. So I took him to the hospital. And the doctor said, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll go look at your nose. I said, I can't believe I've never broke my nose. And he laughed at me. <laughs> and I said, but in, in, in fighting, like, it wasn't the nose. The ribs I knew the next day. Yeah. But the nose, I was like, it was just, you just got hit in the nose. You, you know, the adrenaline. You know yourself, yeah. like, you'll probably, you could probably, you probably take about, 20 more leg kicks that you, you could when you're just sparring because in the fight yeah, it's, it's the adrenaline, adrenaline you know and uh, 
Yeah, but that was a big, yeah, so apparently, because my septum's closed on this side nearly, so about, I don't know, it could be three, but uh, I, I got, I, I, knew when, I knew when I broke it, but I didn't know it was broke. I never went to the hospital to get it fixed. I just thought, I broke my hand once, didn't go to the hospital. It doesn't look, you still look beautiful, by the way. I thought so. Throw my hair man, back as well. <laughs> You're very nice. Don't call and, me the boy band fighter. <laughs> you're very calm and nice. For I think people would think if you're a fighter or an MMA fighter, there's a, a demeanour about them, and people would think that you're a crazy nutter. But you're you're not. First time I met you a few years back, you were very calm and cool, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just a nice guy. Yeah, this no. is him with a green tea and not it a few beers. Depends where you're. Depends where you're coming from. You get a lot of fighters out of like like Dagestan are very like that intimidated, but. Uh, I, I grew up playing a lot of different sports, rugby, football, every, tennis, everything. And I mean, it's, it's probably, your tennis, your it's probably your called an education, champion. you know, yeah. where, where I went to school, parents did well bringing me up. I, I did this for competition, you know, and that, that was basically it. But don't get me wrong, if you put me in there, I'm there to win, you know, and, and that was it. Like, if you, if you met me in the cage, it might not be a, I might not give you, ask you how you are. No, I like no, that. Probably until afterwards. <laughs> until you after. me up. Well, you're How are you? You're right. Sorry about that, mate. You're a good lad. Thanks for doing this. It's just the yeah. entrance song. Yeah. That's what it was. Thanks for doing this. Let's yeah. get your feathers and get out of here. Yeah. Did you have a nickname? Yeah. Well, what was it? <laughs> yes, I did. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Should so we they, guess it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. What do you reckon? Uh, Chris the Destroyer, Mac. Oh, that's nice. I thought you were going to say Big Nose or something. No, 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 no. The, the Irish uh, bomber, but maybe not. No, that's no. probably not the best one to use. From Northern Ireland. So yeah. Why might not work? Yeah. Good political. Might not work when you come from Northern yeah. Ireland to fight in Dublin. Yeah. Why are you go? Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You wouldn't go down the leprechaun route. You wouldn't use the green. No, come six foot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, actually, I no, play on words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris the Wee Man. Yeah. Close. Oh. Chris the. It's actually. It actually got it from Jamaica. So I was on a construction site in Jamaica and these Chris boys... Chris the Ting? <laughs> no, the Ting, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jen and Ting. Uh, the, and this kid, they were like, give me a hard time. I, I said, yo, I said, if you have issues here, we'll, we'll sort them out. And one guy goes, yo, the white man, a bad man, you know? He's the bad man. Oh, Chris the bad man. So they called me Chris the bad And everyone thought, everyone was funny, like, why is he calling himself? I, I just thought it was, but then... When you go to the island, like, oh, this guy called him. So you go back home to the island, this guy called him the bad man, thinking it was serious. I said, no, it's da bad man. And I got it purely from a humorous conversation oh, so it's, it's, in it's Jamaica. Da, DA. DA, da oh, bad man. Okay, yeah, I yeah. And I made that. So when the, the fight was on the, on the HBO uh, with the American comedy, I said, don't be putting up bad man, put up da, da bad man. man. I want my peeps back in the <laughs> You know that I'm here, you know? And that was it. What was your um, discipline of choice? Are you more stand-up? I didn't. Know. I was just very average at everything. But right. yeah, I, I love boxing. I love the. I grew up watching all the Tyson, Bruno, all those fights. I love yeah. boxing. Uh, and then I got really into the jiu-jitsu. And then Dwayne Hines, who I beat, beat my first fight, he came to Jamaica. I taught him boxing, and he taught me uh, wrestling. And I got really into the wrestling because he was a superior wrestler. And I learned a lot from him. And I really started loving the wrestling and studying the wrestling because when you go back to the UK if, if it's wrestling you decide where the fight goes so if my wrestling's good and you've got good stand-up I'll take you down mm -hmm. but if you're if you're a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and I'm a boxer you won't take me down because I have that wrestling base and I spent so we moved him to Jamaica for two years give him a job uh, my sponsors did so he ran the Irish bar which was twisted kilt at the time and he uh, and yes yeah, so uh, 
he, he then taught me wrestling, I taught him boxing. And we took it from there and our boxing coaches come in from uh, uh, Northern Ireland and, and, and uh, coaches come in from England and, and America. So we, got, we just studied, studied, studied the game. And there was a lot of competition between me and him because he, he actually fought on 1FC. Yeah, oh, okay. He's quite a like, high level. And, uh, How I, that company makes any, it doesn't make any money. How it's still going. I don't know. And knows. the guy that does it owns, owns Evolve as well, doesn't he? But They're burning through money. Yes, you do. Um, when was your last fight? Be, be in a minute, Russ, if you yeah. don't shut up. <laughs> uh, I think when I was 43, no, I think mm. when I was just turning 39. Okay. And I realized that I didn't, shouldn't really be in there. And yeah. uh, I fought a guy that actually beat me for the ISK title. And he knocked me out with a body shot when I didn't really condition my body either. And I was just like, eh. And I was just like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm tired of, you know, I'm turning up here. And whether it was underprepared or a lot of injuries and stuff like that there. The fun's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you take your when gloves off and leave the them in the middle of the cage? No. Just walk off? Yeah. No, because the, cause oh. they were free. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, back then you're like, I'm not leaving these here. You know, I'll use them for, yeah, for spar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, so that was it. That was quite good. It was in, it was in Belfast on a show called Clam Wars. So that was yeah. pretty, uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Okay, look. So you, um, do you miss the competition? Yeah. That's so why I'm playing tennis now. I was going to say, in a, so let's get into it. So, so you, you've, the, the competition you're, you're missing, you've now replaced with playing tennis. Not really. I got back into, uh, I got back into trying to get fit again, doing jiu-jitsu here at Gracie Barra with Nando. Uh, and then doing boxing over Tiger Muay Thai and I was getting fit sorry the first two weeks I thought yeah I'm too old for this I need to give up I was sore knackered and then all of a sudden my fitness started to change I thought oh no I can do this, can do this. and then I got injured again and then I was like yeah so let me flip over to the tennis here back and forth you get injured more playing tennis and sometimes you do fighting like the knee injuries and everything tennis is I just hurt my back there last weekend at tennis and it's pretty brismal, you know. It's also like with rugby and with football. You'll, you'll get a lot more of those sort of niggly well, little well, injuries with brutal, football. Man. It is, but also when you, when you, like with, you take an impact injury, it's a little bit different to taking one of those, when you twist your ankle, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, that yeah. little niggle with yeah, the tendon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. takes forever. Whereas yeah, with an impact injury, you're injured, you take a bit of time, you come back and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was really it. And then uh, I don't have much time now because I, I was, like I said, I was the owner's representative for Dream which was the hotel and beach mm -hmm. club here, which was the finance and strategy. And then uh, a good friend of mine, who was the general manager, Chris Adams, mm -hmm. just, uh, just left the company to continue with, he, he started up a new business, uh, Book Tech Labs, which is an online booking agent for okay. all these things around here. So he's moved on. So now I've taken over those duties <laughs> where I'm like, okay, there's no tennis and there's no this now, because <laughs> you're, you're a little busier compared to what you were doing, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I, but I played tennis since I was younger. And then Sumi got me back, you know, you know Sumi, right? Yeah, she yeah. got me back into it here. Uh, we call, in the tennis world, we call her Judas Sumi. You called her what? Judas Sumi. <laughs> so she called my wife and says, I, I, I'm in a competition, can, you, can your husband good. play tennis? And my wife said, well, he's played before. So when I turned up to the tournament, she'd sub me out for somebody else. I said, what do you mean? I thought we're supposed to be, and she goes, no, 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 I, I've got a guy. I said, yeah, but he goes, no, you're going with that. And I, so I, I went with Fazia. I mean, Fazia ended up with, <laughs> uh, making so the final. So she dropped you? She dropped me. Because she didn't think you were good enough? She didn't think I was good enough. 
That's oh awesome. My that God. Is. I wish we'd known that prior to the pod. And I always, and then, then so me and Fauzi made the final. So then she calls my up. Well, you didn't tell me he was that good. <laughs> and and this, the, he was well. It's Chris. He just plays sports. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yes, for me. So I always thought I'll never play with you again. <laughs> Anytime you want to ask me, or whatever the deal is. <laughs> but wow. the band was good. Sumi can play. Sumi, Sumi's Does good. Yeah. Do you play tennis a lot? She plays tennis. Who? Me or her? Yeah, not you. Uh, We've had in a pub I would, to be honest, man. I only, t- I don't, I've never taken a lesson. I turn up whenever they're having one of these tournaments, just because of the competition. I don't take it that seriously. I've did my sport where I try to get to the level, mm. and field. So now I'm in the, uh, so I'm just playing tennis where I turn up and, and just play, play in the tournaments because. We're in a Russian tournament right now, and they, they take it very, very seriously. So the competition's quite. Uh, Have you got time to? When's that start? You've got to get back to it or not? Yeah. No, I just won the final last Sunday. Okay. <laughs> Did I bring that up? Yeah. No, so I just played. And that the, was the Russian tournament. That was the Russian tournament. Mm, okay. So we've, we've, they've had about. Well, jokes fa- are wasted on you sometimes, aren't they? <laughs> I know. They really are. I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Russian. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the corn. It's yeah. the corn. <laughs> the Korea, yeah, I didn't get up to it. I didn't get up to it. If on. you want, my son can take my place. He'll, yeah. he'll get those ones. Is this the fact that this morning I speak, we both looked at each other when we were dropping the kids off and you went, how are you? I said, it's Friday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was yeah. It. that was our conversation. It's just good to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you have kids, it's a long week, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't change it, though. Yeah, so but you the, just, You've won two tournaments in a row. But they've, no, not in a row. They've did five tournaments over oh, okay. lockdown. I made the final one, came fourth. The worst one was I came fourth and won. I played the semi-final. I lost the semi-final after three and a half hours. So anyone that says see singles tennis is really mm-hmm. difficult. And then I played the, the third and fourth playoff the next day, and that was three hours, 10 minutes. And I'm like, that's literally seven hours I could have been in the bar. Yeah. I've just wasted my weekend <laughs> does, here. Do, does anyone really care about third and fourth play? In a, yeah, I've never, I've never understood. No, listen, not really, but no. to be honest, I was playing a really good guy, Andre, and... Uh, it was a good back and forth, and if, if it's a good match, it's a good match. But yeah. yeah, as soon as I don't get to the final, I sort of, of course, Chill you lose out. interest. Yeah, yeah, Fair enough. for sure. Yeah, because I never understand about even in the World Cups, the third and fourth no. playoff. Which, well, it, for, I, I understand it from a, a monetary point of view, but in terms of a from but a no playing, one cares. but no one gives a shit. Even no the players, no one, no one gives a toss. Yeah, like they'll always play their weaker teams or or give everyone a game if it's yeah, third yeah. and fourth playoff. Have yeah. you, um, you ever played tennis? Yeah. So that's a no. You should uh, see his entrance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. He's killed with the balls. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I play tennis. I'm, hmm. I wouldn't say I, I do enjoy running around. I'm not very good. I can't hit top spin. I, I, I can't play, imagine that. No, no, honestly, I do that little slicey shot and everyone gets upset because I make it backspin and I laugh. And then, yeah. But no, I, I can hit the ball over the net, okay. but I wouldn't say I'm very good. Well, that's fine then. Anyway, I'm, a t- I'm table tennis. I kick your ass. Ooh, I'm now there's a challenge. Table tennis champion. Oh, if you want to go, I will go on table oh, tennis. Right, no, hang on a minute. Yeah, all right. I'll take you both on. I'll okay. take you both on at table tennis Honestly, and a bit of racquetball. There's nothing ball. with the bat and ball that uh, I can't do. Yeah, table tennis, squash, racquetball, I'm all over it. I, used to, I played tennis. I never played squash, racquetball. Racquetball and squash is yeah, Squash yeah. is good. Racquetball was just a bouncier version of squash. It's a faster version so of squash. So what happened to you as a child that you had to play squash? Oh, Russell's so, was very was privileged. Very privileged. Very simple. Grew up playing tennis. Um, of course he did. With his private coach. Yeah, Sorry. Exactly. yeah I did. I'm, yeah. I was quite a half-decent player. Thank you very much. What were the, in the day. What were the dogs doing <laughs> when you were doing <laughs> this? Chasing the balls. The world was the balls back. Because he hit them so bad. Him in the park. That's what became. Get the German Shepherd on the line. Was it out? No. Running after the balls all the time, you kind of dog train, and they just go get it, bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I, I grew up playing tennis, and that was my my go-to thing. Yeah. But then when I went to uni in the UK, playing tennis is a well, get expensive, and be it ranked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah. I just switched to squash, and then got into racquetball, which I, I really love racquetball. What's racquetball? It's 
bouncier squash. It's it's an American version of squash. Oh, basically. with the, the paddle, almost like a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. table tennis bat without almost, the cushion. Yeah. No, it's like it's like a it's a hybrid it's for, between a tennis racket and a squat and a squash racket. It's, it's for people that head. don't play sports. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's but what it's, it is. From a from a fitness perspective, yeah. it's really good because yeah. it's like playing squash, but the ball just yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah, die. Yeah, 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 so you just sure, carry on yeah. going and yeah. going and going. I was alright at squash. I'd like to get back into tennis. So I keep threatening to do it, but you should come over. Sumi needs yeah. a partner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she won't pick me. That's yeah. for sure. I was more basketball, basketball and football. That was well, I played a lot of when in, that, in Florida. I played a lot of love basketball. Yeah, no, I love played in America. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, did too. same, same. Love Where were playing. you in America? Uh, Virginia. Sorry, just give me the microphone, guys. I mean, <laughs> I'm taking over the uh, Virginia. Virginia. Wow. Yeah, just outside yeah. DC. I was there. My dad was in oil, so we went over there just for a year. So. Worked at Langley for a little while. I was the worst worst basketball player ever in America. As soon as I got back to the UK, best, the best basketball (laughs) player. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Unbelievable. But that's what I'm saying about MMA, the wrestling in America. Then you come over to the UK and they've only started learning wrestling. I mean, the only wrestling in the UK was Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. (laughs) You remember? I watched them in Banger. Saturday morning. I watched them in Banger. I did you? In the Banger Leisure Center. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I cried when I see I was really young and I cried when I thought he was going to get me. Giant Haystacks. He was nasty. He was 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 horrible. He was scary, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that was the wrestling that you knew. You didn't know about in America. Obviously, wrestling is a very different. Yeah, yeah, the, the college yeah, yeah. wrestling, and the high school wrestling yeah, yeah. is very different. And you didn't oh, have that. Back you go to clothesline, someone to take your legs. Yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing? <laughs> you madman. So how's it all going now with the whole COVID thing, work-wise? And you're just playing tennis a lot, or is there? Uh, no, the, the, we're doing a lot of stuff for the hotel. So the hotel is uh, closed at the minute, mm-hmm. but we we got to do a lot of forecasts on when we're going to open and stuff, and just taking it day by day. We still have security, maintenance, you know, and stuff like that at the place. So it still needs run and stuff. But yeah. uh, we fully, hopefully, early next year, we fully intend to open and getting back to what we, what we, you know, things will be different. Obviously, you know how you how you approach it. But all the stuff things looked at, especially yeah. when you're the one looking at the numbers and whatever the deal is, you know. So yeah. So d- moving on from that, though, you've been here seven years, yeah. um, and obviously got the two little ones. Yeah. So what are your sort of maybe your longer term plans for you guys here or we're not planning that far ahead at the minute uh well we definitely want to stay here until the kids fi- uh, finish primary school and then and then we'll look at what we're going to do for the higher mm. education and, and, and see what we're going to do there uh i don't know you know you go back to northern ireland the schooling system's so good but as an expat you don't get the the quite the higher salaries yeah, yeah. as per se plus we absolutely love living here mm. we've met a lot of good friends and Anywhere you walk, you bump into someone, you know. So the plan is, to be honest, the plan is to stay here. But mm. if someone comes up with a job offer, yeah. money you can't refuse, then we'll, we'll, we'll you look at on. it. Yeah, yeah, fair yeah. What about going to live in Jamaica? Is that not a... Not uh, uh, I think they're struggling as well. You know, even there, you know, the jobs, the tourism industry, stuff like that there since this all has happened. Uh, but even, even, don't get me wrong, not one part of me wants to go back to Northern Ireland. Like, I'd be like... You know, it would be purely because of education type of thing. Uh, it's always boarding school. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, no, I like being around my kids too. Yeah. Like, I go for a business trip in Bangkok. I miss my kids, you know. Like, so, I, uh, no, we, we, we want to stay here. It's a good life mm. here. And I never thought I'd say that, but we, it's a lot of people, a lot of things going on, yeah. stuff, work keeps you busy. And then the tennis or, you know, like I popped down to Nando, you know, for some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah. or up the Tiger. A lot of friends there boxing and there's still stuff to do and the kids keep you busy you know and then uh, they just start a new school with your kids over at kis which that's me not russell because yeah, russell doesn't have kids it was no. 11 yeah i thought i've seen some of your dogs over there probably yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so you may not know that but he's over there he's everywhere 
so yeah, so but it's been good, good. Hopefully this will, though, it comes back and we can get the back to business as normal, you know, and we can continue. Yeah, yeah I'll take a while, but we'll, for sure. we'll get there. Um, there's a couple of questions I, I want to ask you, um, and I'm not sure if this will work or not, because the last couple of podcasts hasn't really worked. Um, so no pressure. No pressure. No, yeah. <laughs> who do you think, and I'm going to ask you two, who is the greatest of all time in boxing, yeah. and who do you think is the greatest of all time in MMA? Uh... Mike Tyson and George St. Pierre. Just before we delve into that, what's your view on Tyson's comeback fight? Huh. Oh, fair enough. Okay, huh. that'll do. I think I think watching those two guys, like Roy Jones, just retired, so he can still move. Tyson, obviously, you've seen the videos, can still move. It's looks, not like Chuck looks, Liddell going back oh, in after all the drinking, oh. the drugs. It's not funny watching Tyson's video. Fuck me. Oh, but even listen, anyone that says like, I know Muhammad Ali was the greatest, but he was also the greatest because he did so much outside the ring. And Tyson also did so much outside yeah. thing, but on a negative <laughs> sense. But he was a he was a stone cold animal. Like yeah. he was just I've never I rewatched re all his knockouts about two days ago. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And you've seen people are scared to get in there where Muhammad Ali they're like, Oh no, this guy just gonna move and tap yeah. me around and I just thought the scare factor, he was absolutely unbelievable, huh? In terms of sports person, it's Ali all every day of the week and twice on Sundays. In terms of a sports person yeah, yeah. and the, the personality that comes with that. Yeah. In terms of a fighter, fighter. there's no one. In, and there's, there's, there's better boxers out there. And I'm also talking about the Tyson whenever he was that, that five-year period where he Prime was just, Tyson. Prime, yeah, 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 before he went to jail, where he was just an absolute animal. Like. And, well, I mean, I've, I've always said if he if he'd had the right team around him, he would have gone on another five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, I remember when he knocked out Frank Bruno, who was, Bruno was obviously the legend. I remember when Bruno knocked him out. Out, nearly, right? Well, Put him down. That was the second fight. <laughs> second he fight, fight, yeah. caught him. But you he know, when him. you're watching your, your hero, Frank Bruno, you think he's the most amazing boxer. Oh, I was there with you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then 100%. all of a sudden, Tyson just comes and destroys Cleaned him. Cleaned him in the first oh, fight. Yeah. And then the second fight, Ty yeah, Bruno caught him. And as a kid, the goosebumps. Oh, yeah. We've got him. We've got him. We've got, we've got, got him. him. And then no. he gets back up. And even no, Bruno's no. like, oh, but he didn't, he didn't knock him down. He just, he hurt him. He just wobbled he him. He, he wobbled, wobbled him. him. Yeah. He still never knocked him down. The thing is, you wobble Tyson, and he goes, do you know what? I'm just going to destroy him. Yeah, because his legs are this size. Like, well, but yeah, he was like no one would have. I, I still think. I think at some stage he just would have walked through Ali. I think so. I think so as well. But uh, and then in his prime, he was just a brawler. He was just a fighter. He wasn't a boxer. No, but it, no, no. His head movement, his hooks. I watched a, an, an amateur video of him, which is real time, just watching him hook a, a bag, and it was like someone's a, a fast boxer's jab. Yeah. The speed that guy would hook at was just something you'd Twice never his seen. movement was underrated. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, he's just his top yeah. half movement was just underrated. Yeah, yeah, but but also look, look at this, Joe Fraser who fought Muhammad Ali, and beat Muhammad Ali, you know. He was the, the supposed to be that version of, of Tyson, but Tyson moved ten, oh, ten times, times better, faster, than, yeah. yeah, and faster and explosive than Joe. And he had the and he had the power yeah. of Foreman as well, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then we've mixed martial arts. John says it's a good shout. I don't have much argument about that, Russell. No, that's not no. The reason why I say one. that is because I, I got big into my wrestling late, and he never wrestled in college, and he's got three going in there taking down Division One wrestlers at will, and it's just the most amazing thing to watch. And what he do to people, he he was so. Innovative with all the, when he fought Matt Hughes, just the stand-up was different. Where later on in life, he understood the game. If you watch the, the champion, Israel Azania, yep. his kickboxing, there's so much the footwork and everything he does is just so different compared to what, just let's just put our hands up and, and just mm -hmm. throw a kick. Where George St. Pierre was throwing a Superman jab. He was already, you know, in his karate and his flexibility. 
was just. But he also had a really nice character about him. He wasn't a yeah, trash super nice arsehole. Guy. He yeah, was yeah. just a nice guy that yeah. just wanted to fight. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think I don't think he wanted to fight either. Probably he, not. He was very. He was like he was terrified going in there. That's what he'd always say, and there's a that great, wasn't there's a great to be in but, some yeah. way, right? but when you're good at it, and you're thrown in there. Yeah, yeah. If you go and watch the clip of him trying to trash talk with Matt Hughes, it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah. like, "I'm gonna beat you, but you, you're a great fighter. Good yeah. luck." <laughs> I'm not impressed with your performance. Exactly, yeah, yeah. true performance, but good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt Hughes was such a. I used to love him, but when you, if you read his book that yeah, came out, I did read his book. What a tool, huh? <laughs> just a horrible human being. Like yeah, nasty his brother person. beating up their father and. All oh, this the farm stuff. boys, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then but they, they were... yeah. But the, before I'd read his book, I was like, "That guy, he's just." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, it was a hero story the way he picked the guy up and oh. ran him across the, against Frank Trigg, right? <laughs> but it was it was pretty unbelievable. Huh? But yeah. What sort of things have you got on your bucket list? Huh? Take your time. I don't know. Because uh, the stunned silence works well on the podcast. Make a comeback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, go to Africa, probably. Safari in Africa, which I haven't done when, the, when the kids are older. Okay. We wanted to go there last year, but the kids were too young. They kept yeah. telling us. But yeah, basically, that would be the only thing I've did. I've did so much, like whether it's sports-wise or family-wise. Like when my kids were born, just moving that love for what I was doing full time for that. I, I couldn't. Be, I, there's not really anything out there that I really want to do. I'm just enjoying my. I guess bucket list would be just to continue with the whole father thing. You know, yeah. it's pretty good fun. Well, it's nice to see more men, fathers, actually at the school and picking them up and how you are your kids. I've got a lot of respect for that. Yeah. As a dad myself and see what you do with them and kind of, it, it's, it is cool to see. Yeah, you got it. it. Cool you got see. it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I feel very sorry because I know a lot of really good dads that are pilots and they're stuck right now and or else they ha that's their job and they have to do that. Yeah. Where, you know, and you, and you spend that time away. Well, I spent two weeks away, I think it was the longest time for my kids once, and I looked like they'd grown up like over <laughs> a year, you know, and the different things they were saying and stuff like this here, you don't want to miss it. And, and it was really when I was finishing the MMA career and moving over into fatherhood, you know, a lot of fighters don't, there's, but where are you going to transfer them? A lot of them go into mm. pretty bad situations or whatever, and just to move over, like when my son was born, it was just, I just couldn't believe, I've never felt anything like that in my life. And then my daughter came, and we've never had girls in the house, so that was another thing we'd never fell with in our lives. She's a whole bag of issues. Yeah. Over there. Like we don't quite get you, yeah. but uh, yeah. she's amazing. Wait, it's her she birthday starts, today. When she birthday. starts bringing boys yeah, home, so oh, shout out to Naya. She's five today, but yeah, but yeah. So no, it's cool because our kids are Ashton and Isaac are in the same class. So that was oh, really wow, okay. cool that yeah. you know, they've become they've bonded together yeah, and they've yeah. got to know each other. And now I've got someone who abuses me every time I go to school. Yeah. Always. Oh, there he is. Yeah. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Let's cheer yourself up. Yeah. Um, Chris, it's been a super pleasure having you Thank on. You Thank you, guys. It's been awesome. Yeah, thanks we, for coming We in. were kind of expecting you to destroy us. I, think what you, I don't think what you expected was to find someone on that speaks more than you guys do. Oh, that's nice. And I think I battled it. I think I battled it. I think you did well. And it's, 60, and it's nice 60. to see your guns. Well, guys, it's hard to hide them. Yeah. Exactly what when you you're wearing t-shirts, that's, that's, that's true. That's exactly. why I sit beside Russell. I wasn't sure where were you going to put me. I'm in the way. We're having a gun I'm show at the moment. I'm in the way. I'm in the way. Um, thank you very much. You've been thank an you guys. legend. Uh, good luck with everything. Hope it all goes well. Appreciate it. And, uh, thank awesome. you, Russell. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, Cheers guys. Enjoy. Welcome to the outro. Hello, mate. Hello. Apart from being a little bit tired, how are you doing? It'd be better if we hadn't 
recorded this three times, yeah. that's for sure. Um, this is the outro to the amazing Chris McDonald. Um, we recorded Chris on Friday at Bake, and we're now on Monday back at Casa del Canine, we the original indeed. studio. That's uh, good I like Chris. I'm really looking forward to listening back to this, because... I don't think we really said much. <laughs> no, I think he was very good. But it was a very interesting story. And I know that um, I spoke to his wife over the weekend. And she said that, oh, I hope you talked about him being a great GM and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I might have kind of put, taken might, it in the direction of fighting a little yeah, bit Yeah, we might, we might. What, he works? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I just have the passion. I've, I've interviewed, or not interviewed, but I've talked to a few Muay Thai fighters and MMA mm. fighters. And I find them really interesting. Sure. Just the mentality of it all to get in there and do it. So I was kind of very interested. And he's, he's a lovable guy, isn't he? Yeah, no, I, I, I like Chris. I've got a lot of time. I'd, I'd never tell him that. I'm not I wouldn't mess with him. A, yeah. He's I, huge. Nah, it's, it's, it's all talk. He's just a cuddly teddy bear. No, he's not. <laughs> he will break you. <laughs> no, he's made of iron. I know, but that, the, and that was the cool thing. I like the, the point that he was talking about when, for most fighters, it's not about the fight. It's not about, you know, I'm the big I am. It's just about yourself. And pushing yourself through to see how far you can take this yourself for you as an individual. Not about what you achieve or what you do with it. Which I thought was really interesting. Sure. But there must be a point where you get to a certain level where you forget about how you can push yourself. And then it does become more of a, I want a title. I want this. I want the... Possibly. But that's going to be sort of different people and what have you. And again, it's kind of it's kind of morphed the whole sort of UFC thing over the years. because Just because money's become involved. We talked about this on the pod with you've got some of the, the two fighters and they're giving each other the smack talk and it doesn't really, sometimes it comes across, other times it's just, you know it's fake and it's just like, it's, it's all bullshit. I'll kick your ass, Russell, because yeah. I'm so much tougher you're, than you're, you. You're, you're going to die when you get in that ring, man. You, you, you have to carry you out why in a body bag and, why, why and then they finish the fight, you're all cuddled and loving each other and everything's great. Why would great. you do that? You're the undertaker from WWF. Yeah. Harsh. Anyway, I like Chris. He's cool. And he, had, he is a good GM. Let's talk about yeah, to, that as to well. be fair, he's, he's a very a, good GM. He's a very good GM. Yeah. No, he's a very... Do you know what I love about him is he's just... He's a great dad. He's a lovable guy. Mm-hmm. Really is lovable. And, you know, we've been out and he's come out and just... He's just It's just fun. good fun. Yeah, yeah. He's he, a fun guy. All the ladies nice love him because he's handsome and he's polite and he's nice. We and he's always got his shirt off. And he's always got his... <laughs> but to be fair, if I had a body like that, I'd probably take my shirt off and roll around in oil a lot. And with that image, there you go. My we can sign off back <laughs> in the oil. We can sign off. Um, we should just mention thank you very much to everyone who came to Phuket's Best Burger. It was which happened Saturday. Awesome. Yeah, over two thousand three hundred people came. I don't know how many burgers were sold, but on average, let's say there was thirty-two odd burgers. Everyone sold about a hundred. So that's do the maths, Russ. Uh, a lot. Yeah, because I did the maths early with Russ. <laughs> <laughs> It went from 90,000 baht to 9,000 baht. Yeah. <laughs> Me and zeros don't really work very well. No, it was a great event. So thank you very much to all the support for everyone who came. No, it was good. It was awesome. uh, and again, like I said to you earlier, mate, it was, it was really well done, well yep. put together. It was just Who organised that, Russell? Um, I did, and I'm, I'm, I, I try and keep it on the I'd just down. like to point out now, <laughs> Russell did try to steal the, the event on Facebook on, was it Saturday night I posted? Saturday night, yeah, yeah. Russell decided that he was going to try to steal the event. So it's now called Phuket's Best Burger and with Russell. Russell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it and Russell, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? So, Bless but mate, ev- um, everyone, I spent an hour and 15 minutes. From the minute I arrived, I spent an hour and 15 minutes trying to get a burger. And I couldn't because every step I took, there was someone else, everyone's like, oh, hey, how you doing? And I was just chatting with people the entire time. There was, A, there were so many people there. B, everyone that was there was happy to be there. We're like, this is, such, this is our great event. This is brilliant. We love coming to this. Everyone was just buzzing about it. So kudos to you it, for No, thank you. And it out. like I said, it, 
it was help that everyone who came really made it because there was people that I hadn't seen for two years or so. Right, it was amazing. It was so good to see everyone together. Like well, I saw you, and I haven't seen you for. Didn't see you for very long. For, for a couple of hours. Fair. But there was one point I think I came down to you, and you were down at the bottom of the of the how you call it the venue, mm-hmm. and I kind of just looked, and you said look up, and I kind of looked across and just went. Yeah, I'm gonna say I went. Fuck me! There's yeah. a lot of people <laughs> yeah. here. Holy yeah. shit! Yeah. No, it was awesome. Thank you very much to to everybody. Um, Bartcast is still happening. We need to talk about that actually. We do um, indeed. We've got a few more to do. Cool. But make sure you listen to Bartcast. Just go to your favourite podcast supplier and just search the word Bartcast. Um, if you want to be part of the Jailer Shark and Friends podcast, you can like us on all the social media links. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. Um, I don't know who we've got coming up this week. I've got a couple of ideas. I'll talk to you about that. Oh, Russell's going to talk to me afterwards. Yes. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Chris McDonald, great guy. Love him to death. Thanks, Russell. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. Bye. 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 This is Bartcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. Bartcast deals with just about everything dog-related. Dog obedience, training, health, owning a dog, dog behavior, and care and nutrition. Each week, your questions will be answered by professional senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell, a professional member of the IACP, a registered evaluator with the American Kennel Club, and has trained thousands of dogs across a variety of disciplines. So you're basically you're rewarding the dog for barking. So, yes, with the... With the understanding, I want them to understand. I mean, I like, for example, I could use the word speak. So speak, woof, woof, woof. Be quiet means nothing. I don't woof. You just mentioned the term raw food. What Uh do you mean by raw food? So um, there's quite a big movement um, in some circles about feeding dogs a raw diet. So the philosophy behind it would be, you know, dogs, generally speaking, don't sit around a fire and cook their food. They just eat the kill raw. Is it better to adopt or is it better to buy? Um, it's, it's a real dynamite question, that one. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.